How would you describe your comfort level when it comes to confronting conflict? Do you look at it as an opportunity for growth and relationship building? Do you avoid it in the hopes that it will resolve on its own? Or do you find yourself somewhere in the middle, perhaps at first observing and assessing the situation, but if it's clear it's not going away immediately, you take steps to nip it in the bud. Some leaders choose to ignore conflict in the workplace in an attempt to, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, keep the peace. Yet that can add fuel to the fire. By looking the other way, leaders create an atmosphere of non-trust. Addressing conflict early on is an important first step. A study by the American Management Association found that managers spend 24% of their time resolving conflict. 24%. And that's an important task. Instead of just resolving workplace conflict, transform it to cultivate a cutting-edge team that can effectively solve problems and develop creative new ideas. This episode covers how to address and mitigate conflict and when to look to other professionals to step in. If you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Jody Flynn. I'm an executive leadership coach, speaker, and author. I am the current president of the board for the Maine Women's Conference, and I have the privilege and joy to work with women leaders to hone the skills and the mindset that allow them to grow into and then thrive in senior leadership. My specialization is working with women who are still stabilizing after their last promotion and those who want to be ready for the next one. It is my belief that for more women to hold positions of senior leadership, there are changes at the individual and organizational level that need to occur. Not only do women need to be trained and coached on how to operate at these levels of leadership, organizations need to change their paradigm of how the work gets done and what supports are in place for leaders to do their job. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IM forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search for Jody Flynn on the platform. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I should be at or near the top of the search results. You'll see the follow button is prominent on my profile, but if you click on the more button to the right, you'll find the option to connect. Click on that and be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Conflict is a natural human experience and can be summed up as an unmet expectation. I expect we are going to do things this way. You have something else in mind. I think Tom is going to take minutes, and he does not. I expect a response within a certain amount of time, and that's not what happens. Or, I would like things to stay just the way they are, and yet change is always coming. When we look at conflict in these simple terms, we start to see that we are constantly in conflict with someone or something. 
While there are strategies you can utilize to mitigate conflict, it can't be completely avoided. Conflict is natural and it's occurring all the time. What actually gets avoided and procrastinated is the resolution of the conflict. The avoidance of confronting conflict is what makes things worse than they need to be. You may not have realized it, but when you took on the role of leader, you signed up to look for and address unresolved conflict. In my mind, leaders are special because they often take on the things that most other people don't like doing. Conflict resolution is typically one of those things. Yet, to be effective as a leader, you have to address conflict head on. Sometimes what makes conflict so hard is an underlying desire to be liked. While as a leader, it's important to have good working relationships with your coworkers, your highest priority is not to be liked. Your mission as a leader is to bring out the full potential of yourself and those you lead to work collaboratively toward your organizational goals. Can you do that and be liked? Well, yes, of course, it's possible. Yet many leaders make the mistake of avoiding uncomfortable conversations to create the appearance or the illusion of harmony. What they are unknowingly doing is exacerbating the underlying tension and creating a dysfunctional work environment. Addressing conflict is all about sooner rather than later. As soon as you have evidence that there has been a transgression, address it right away. If two members of your team have a conflict and can't seem to resolve it on their own, move them toward working out their differences. If everyone around you knows something must be dealt with and you are hesitating to act, you will lose the respect of your peers and those you lead. Leadership is about taking action and confronting issues that arise before it's too late. So let's look at some ways that you can possibly avoid conflict in the workplace or at least lessen it should it arise. Know your colleagues. The better you know the personality traits, strengths, and weaknesses of those around you, the better you will be at avoiding conflict or quickly resolving it should it arise. Two episodes ago, we covered the ability to see things from multiple perspectives. The more you cultivate that skill, the better you will be at conflict resolution. It is also essential to understand other people's motivations. A way to avoid conflict is to help others to achieve their objectives. If you approach resolving the conflict from the perspective of helping others to best achieve their desired outcome, you will find fewer obstacles standing in your way right? People want to help those who help them. They get along with those who help them. Be sensitive to the causes of conflict in your workplace. You know, sometimes the conflict doesn't necessarily come from a person, but rather a process or a new initiative. A common cause of conflict is new software. Some team members will take to it right away and some will not. Knowing that this change might cause conflict, you address it ahead of time with scheduled training, mentoring, and lowering productivity expectations to allow for the learning curve, right? So know what it is within your workplace that tends to create conflict. Make sure all expectations are communicated and crystal clear. It sounds 
simple, but define acceptable behavior. Having a definition for what constitutes acceptable behavior is a step in avoiding conflict. Having a framework or rules of thumb for decision-making, listing out best practices, and talking openly about policy and procedures will help avoid conflict. Clearly defined job descriptions and chain of commands so that people know what's expected of them allows for better communication and will also help avoid conflict. Make it known publicly in no uncertain terms what won't be tolerated. While you want to extend professional courtesy and may assume everyone knows how to act as a professional, don't leave wiggle room for interpretation. People cannot read your mind and there are shades of gray of acceptable behavior. Everyone has had different experiences and may have been in environments where something that would be a transgression in your mind was common practice. It's unfortunate and it's hard to hear about, but it happens. And then maintain boundaries. Consider establishing workplace boundaries while resolving conflicts. This can help your team members avoid making the situation worse. An example might include ensuring that discussion of a conflict only occurs between involved parties. Any sharing of the conflict with other colleagues who were not originally involved would constitute workplace gossip and would need to be addressed accordingly, right? So set two team members in conflict up for success by giving them some guidelines and some boundaries around how they are to conduct themselves while the situation is getting resolved. If you're getting value from the Women Taking the Lead podcast, can you share a podcast episode? I don't know about you, but I have discovered amazing music, books, TV shows, movies, restaurants, and podcasts for sure because a friend or colleague told me about it. Our network, made up of friends, family, colleagues, and acquaintances, are a vital source of information and access to resources. If you find the content and suggestions from this podcast valuable, could you do me a favor? Could you share it with a friend or colleague? Typically, the best way to share a podcast is to share a specific episode that made you think of the other person. You can share an episode right from your podcast app, or you can send the link to what the webpage found in the episode description. My goal is to help millions of women to grow and feel calm and confident in their leadership. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping me to do this. I thank you for helping the woman in your life to be the confident leader she is meant to be by introducing her to this podcast. I can't thank you enough. Always look at conflict as the door to opportunity. See the opportunity that conflict presents for yourself and for others. As a leader, if you find yourself in conflict with someone, this may be an opportunity to increase your people skills. There is some quality in the other person you have not reconciled, and it's a blind spot for you now. With more inquiry, and understanding, this conflict could provide tremendous growth for you in your leadership. 
Conflict can also be an opportunity for the team. It could provide an opportunity to reinforce team values, open up a discussion on practices that aren't working, or provide insight into how to work better together. Hidden within nearly every conflict is the potential for a tremendous teaching and learning opportunity. Where there is disagreement, there is potential for growth and development. Opposing viewpoints addressed properly can stimulate innovation and learning in ways like minds can't even imagine. Good leaders look for the upside in all differing opinions. Now let's look at how to approach conflict when it does arise as opposed to trying to prevent it from happening. So first and foremost, manage yourself when addressing conflict, right? Remain calm. When resolving a conflict as a leader, you establish the mood and the tone for meetings and conversations you have with your team members. Remaining calm can help you ensure that the conflict remains professional. Stay neutral. It's important that either conflicting team member doesn't feel you're working against them. It's helpful to communicate to both parties that you're remaining neutral but working towards a solution. Letting them know you want a solution that works for them both can help build trust when you're trying to resolve their conflict. And focus on the facts. Conflicting team members might focus on the emotions of a situation rather than the facts and the causes of their issue. They may also be assigning intentions to the other person that they cannot know for sure are true. Focusing on facts can help everyone find solutions that can help their situation. And if you've ever seen this play out, when people focus on emotions and they assign intentions to the other person, it is fuel to the fire and it just makes everything work. So, uh, you know, I'm for the sake of repeating, focus on the facts. What happened? What is true? What do we know for sure? Now let's talk about managing others when mediating a conflict. You know, regardless of what is causing the conflict, your immediate response to these situations is essential. So here are some tips that you can use when faced with team members who can't resolve their own conflicts. First, acknowledge that the conflict exists. Honesty and clear communication play an important role in the resolution process. Get caught up on what happened and what's happening and be open about the problem. Second, define the problem. What is at the heart of the conflict? What is the negative impact on the work or the relationship? Is it a personality conflict? Meet each team member separately at first and question them about the situation. This is probably just a good idea in terms of like sticking to the facts and and emotions and all of that. If you get a firsthand account initially from one person at a time, they can, you know, express whatever emotions they need to express, vent their feelings, and then later bring them together. So this is a nice segue as well. Um, in these individual meetings, let each person express their feelings. Some feelings of anger and or hurt usually accompany a conflict situation. Before any kind of problem solving can take place, these emotions need to be both expressed 
and acknowledged. And if you allow them to do this individually with you first, the more heated and intense emotions come out. But when you bring the individuals together to have an open conversation, they'll still talk about the fact that they may have been angry or hurt, but it won't be delivered with such um, intensity, you know, when, when you're ready to mediate with all parties in the same room. Identify the underlying need. Conflict resolution is not about deciding who's right or wrong. It's about reaching a solution that everyone can live with. Look first for needs rather than solutions to generate some win-win options, right? The solutions are going to come from the needs. So to to discover the needs, find out why people want the solutions they initially propose. If you can understand the advantages their solutions have for them, you've discovered their needs. And then find common areas of agreement, no matter how small. This, you know, even if it's small, we can build on it. Can we agree on what the problem is? Can we agree on what everyone is trying to avoid, what they're afraid of? Can we agree on some initial next steps? And can we agree on some small change to give an experience of success? Finding solutions to satisfy needs looks like um, problem solving by generating multiple alternatives, getting together on which actions we'll be taking, and making sure everyone involved buys into those actions. Be sure you get genuine verbal agreement from everyone before you conclude the discussion. If someone's resisting agreeing to, you know, what, what's been decided thus far, they're not ready, right? And they're not bought in. So you need to keep the discussion going till they, you know, start engaging and coming up solutions that will work for them as well. You want to know what follow-up you will take to monitor the situation. You may want to schedule a follow-up meeting, you know, perhaps two weeks after to see how everyone is doing, right? It's great if you leave that initial meeting and everyone's agreed on, you know, the next steps and the solution, but you also want to make sure that it's actually happening and working. And then also you'll want to determine what will happen if the conflict goes unresolved, right? If the conflict is causing a disruption in the department or the area, you may need to explore other avenues, which is a great segue for when to include outside help to resolve the conflict. You know, while it's best that workplace disputes stay between management and the team members involved, there are certain situations where human resources should be called in. Here are some scenarios where you will call on HR to give some guidance and support in the situation. It could be that the conflict is between a team member and a member of management. The conflicts are impacting team morale. Team members are threatening to quit over the conflict. Disagreements are getting personal or disrespectful. And disputes are interrupting the work or threatening the company's success. Okay, let's take a deep breath because sometimes just talking about conflict can rattle our nervous system. 
So let me end this with a quote from Mary Parker Follett, an American social worker, a management consultant, philosopher, and pioneer in the fields of both organizational theory and organizational behavior. There are three ways of dealing with difference, domination, compromise, and integration. By domination, only one side gets what it wants. By compromise, neither side gets what it wants. By integration, we find a way by which both sides may get what they wish. Is developing your leadership on the agenda for the coming year? Let's chat. If your last promotion left you feeling unstable in your leadership role, or you are looking to develop into your next role, I invite you to consider working with me. I would love to support you through the transition, help you get your bearings, and feeling confident in your leadership once again. If you know it's time, schedule a time to chat with me. You can find the link to schedule a coaching exploration call with me in the episode description. If you're listening through a mobile device, that link will be in your podcast app. If you're listening through the Women Taking the Lead website, the link will be toward the bottom of the episode webpage. If you're going to ask your company to sponsor you to work with a coach, there's also a link to access a checklist that will help you to prepare for that conversation. And as always, I hope this was of value to you. And here's to your success.